Welcome, friends, to Radio Free Muncie, broadcasting from the back of a van somewhere in the Muncie greater metropolitan area, and your source for reviews and discussion of the Knights of the Dinner Table comic created by Jolly Blackburn, published by Kenzer & Company. So jump onto your Vespa, ride down to the games pit, crack open your dice bag, and grab a character sheet. It's game on. All right. Well, I think we got out of there just before the fight started. Uh, yeah. Those guys looked like they were rolling initiative as we left. <laughs> yeah. That dude looked like Scott Schwartz, but way more muscular and probably on There's no way he's more muscular than Scott Schwartz. <laughs> I'd be scared if Scott Schwartz walked into a Waffle House at 2 a.m. What I sat down next to me. You know, what I like <laughs> is the table in the corner where they all had tuxedo t-shirts on. <laughs> yeah, what the hell was that about? And they were playing Top Secret? Yeah. <laughs> they had the Merle Rasmussen tuxedo t-shirts. Yeah. Uh, all right. All so right. Let's move so, on. So where where are we? Where, where do we leave off? I, I'm somewhat in a food coma, so hopefully I can. We finished off with the call for heroes and Brian talking about the heroic stuff, bringing him back week after week. Moving on to the Lord, the Lord of Steam. Their heroic endeavors. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's all in his head, man. He's role playing in his head. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. So Lord of Steam. Lord of yeah. Steam. So this one, Steam opens up with BA letting the guys know that he's going to be out for the next four weeks for the Hackmaster Academy of Game Masters. Of course, the they Bob flips out. We're going to do that at a GM, and Dave's like, "This is terrible, almost as bad as the Great Dice Shortage of 1985." What? It's Great Dice Shortage? Yeah. Like what? I, I guess. I guess back in the old Hackmaster days, you had to buy new dice for every session or something. I don't know. I I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like Brian's thing though. A qualified seasoned hackmaster referee who meets our high standards. <laughs> like I think it's more like someone who's willing to actually run a game for these Yahoos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who would want that kind of headache? You'd have to come in and be like a well, like all their replacement GMs are, right? They come in like freaking hardcore, hard ass drill sergeants or something. Yeah, that, that reminds me, I saw a thing online recently says what it was like a little poll. What is your best quality as a game master? And the fifth one said, nobody else wants to GM. I'm like, that's not a quality. That's a reason. <laughs> I I think there's a lot of that, though, man. I think yeah. I think there's a lot of, there's a reason there's a short, there's lots of players, lots of people want to play, like, especially like D&D. But there aren't, there aren't so many DMs, I don't think. Which is why people are starting businesses, getting paid to, to run games. Yeah. To run games, all it's happening all over the place. Yeah I, yeah, I know of at least four of them that I know. Yeah. So be let to know. Hey, I'm not going to let you down. I got feelers out, and I've got a notice done at Weird Pete's. Somebody will come forward. Mm, yeah, I don't know about that. Right. I, and then and then Bob's comment. You see, this is this yeah. is their attitude, man. It's kind of like you know the way they talk about NPCs. That's how they, and you think, oh, well, that's just that's just in game. Yeah, yeah George, you're about to say. Yeah, it. Here, go the, 
He says, oh, God, weird Pete. I can just imagine what kind of vermin will come out of the bushes. <laughs> yeah, it's like they think about everybody like that. Yeah. Like, like everybody in the world. It's not just the NPCs in the game that are like lesser than them and deserve their derision. It's like everybody, every gamer sucks. Every GM sucks yeah. except them. Right. And Dave's comment cracks me up, too. There's some strange fringe groups popping about there. Goth freaks, diceless junkies. That yeah, like, says the guy who is exactly the whatever, whatever vampire lord of Muncie. Yeah. Right? <laughs> These guys, uh, no self awareness, man. If there's one thing oh, yeah, you can take, hell, reading Brian even Brian even says it. Yeah. yeah, one thing you can take is like try to be self aware. <laughs> like <laughs> these guys are so clueless. Yeah, sirs says, "Oh, there's it's good to welcome a chance to play with other people and." Brian brings up the vampire thing. Remember when Dave joined that vampire group? Yeah, it's awesome. Bob and Dave all, all yep. did. I don't think Brian ever joined it though, did he? It was no. just Dave and Bob. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Dave went in first, and then he invited Bob the next week, and they both came back all dressed up for their LARP. Well, I just always remember it's so funny. Bob having the pierced nose and the pierced ear yeah. and the chain between. Them. Yeah, <laughs> Dave's hair slicked straight back. All right, so they're, they're, the following week, no game master. They're waiting for the game master, but then someone knocks at the door. And who is it? Is this, the is this the first on panel appearance? I believe it is. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure it is. First of Because they talk about, Bob talks about Nitro. I mean, it goes back to ep the last episode, the last regular issue we did in six is when they were talking about bob and nitro's fight right right which was a pretty good fight description with the salt in his eyes and all that but this is where nitro shows up and of course we see bob's tough talk immediately kind of go to the side right no no that voice it can't be and and you guys can't see the picture like people listening like he looks like he's gonna he just crapped his pants. Like literally, like there was yeah. sweat flying off him and Dave's eyes, eyes popped out of his huge. head. <laughs> like popped out of his head. Like, oh my god. And he calls himself the Lord of Steam. Nitro the Maestro. He says, Normally I'm all booked up as far as running games, but most of the folks in my regular group are still in quarantine. <laughs> This was not COVID either. Right, this exactly. Was like 20, 20 years before COVID. Yeah. So there is, wasn't a lot of quarantine back in the late 1990s. So they ask him for what? says, typhoid, malaria, who knows? It's just those festering jungle bugs. Last steam tunnel foray was a disaster. So how does this guy keep getting able to get down in the steam tunnels? So he get, so Bob got lost, and that was a big fiasco. He was straining drinking water through his underwear. Yep. If you guys remember yeah. that. And now he's taking people in the steam tunnels and they're coming out with a festering jungle bug. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know why that would be in the steam tunnel anyway, but like, just because it's damp doesn't mean you're going to have typhoid or malaria down there. But you'd think he, he would get in trouble for that somehow. But then a few panels later, oh, Bob, I didn't know you're part of this group. Yeah, this is where I hang my dice back. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. He's so scared. Yeah, that's funny. Although in that frame, he almost looks angry. Like, he and and Dave too. 
Yeah. Like they don't they don't look very scared in that. They almost look like they're kind of angry with their eyebrows and stuff. Yeah, probably angry. But, BA, uh, why'd you let Nitro take over? <laughs> Dave bring brings up the fight, just saying, I hope there aren't any hard feelings and like, hell no, I admire a man who doesn't tolerate others screwing around with his dice. Blinded me at the salt before he sucker punched me, saved his ass. Anything else, I would have broken him and stuffed him in his dice bag. Yeah. I I believe that. I mean, like, he's got a freaking skull and crossbones tattooed on his arm. So, unless he's a poser, I think Nitro would have beat Bob's butt, even if he threw salt in his ass. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think he could have taken on Nitro. I mean, his 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 arms are big enough that he's got his sleeve rolled up and he's got pencils tucked into his sleeve. Yeah. Right. Like, so think about how tight that shirt is on, <laughs> on his muscles to hold those pe- like, to, you know, I'm just saying, like. The other thing I notice here is I think Nitro is the first person to actually quote something out of history and get it right with Rommel. Yeah, he quotes Rommel. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think they've actually mentioned the black hand, have they? But he's got the black hand T-shirt. You know, I think you're right. I don't think they've introduced Stevel yeah, or... I know they haven't introduced anybody, but I don't even think they've mentioned the group yet either. I think you're right, because in the who's who at the back of the last couple of comics, they don't have the black, hole, the, the, the black hands listed. They've only introduced Weird Pete and Nitro, I think, at this point. I don't think they've even mentioned any of the other people that are right. in the Black Hands. They do show up in the who's who in the back of the bot that this one is in. But well, yeah, yeah I think the bot right. came out like 100 years later. Yeah. Right? All right, so after he quotes Rommel, never fault your enemy for exploiting a weakness. Bob's like, yeah, water under the bridge, ancient history. Like, water under the bridge? More like covert SEAL commando team waiting under the bridge, you mean. I'm going to pop up and nuke your cowardly punk butt when you least expect it. But not here. The game table is neutral territory. So he's got some decorum. I'm I'm just surprised he is making such a big deal out of just beating up Bob. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it'd be that hard to do. So they finally get ready to start playing. Um, once, once again, though, Brian is like... Sarah's like, you could apologize to him, Brian or, or Bob. And Brian once again is like, for crying out loud, Sarah, when will it sink in? The man touched his dice. Like, it's like some things are worth fighting and probably getting badly beat up for. <laughs> so he's like, all right, so we came to game. Let's do it. I've, for tonight, we're going doing module K 12, Temple of the Leechmen. <laughs> Leechman. Didn't didn't they wind up putting these in in Hackmaster? They had like little sucker faces. Yes, the leechmen appeared in Frandor's keep and uh, made it to the hub. Yeah, nice. that's what I thought. Yeah, of course, Bob and Dave immediately get get pissed. What do you mean? That's for first to fourth level adventures. Yeah, that's kid stuff. We win that crap years ago. You're dealing with real role players here. <laughs> Even even Sarah, you know, the thing is, though, when I when I read this, you know what this I'm going to give George some shit here. This made me think of George, (laughs) because how many times has George run B2? Oh, my God. And Temple of Elemental Evil. Every con, I I think I've seen him in three or four different cons running B2. Right. Or or, or, or one of the one of the caves out of it. Yeah. 
actually th yeah. when we first met i was sketching out the cobalt cave and you're like that's the cobalt cave from keeping the borderlands you know, at, at, at Ace, Ace in 2013, yep. I saw it, and you were using the Stratego pieces. But this made me think of that. Like, it's like, man, do your players complain about, <laughs> wait, we're playing this? Although at this point, you're probably getting players that don't even hardly remember it, these. Exactly. Things, right? A lot of them yeah. never even heard of them. Yeah. So it's funny. Like, the you know, I print those devil faces. Mm -hmm. It's surprising how many people don't even know what they are. They're like, like you know the devil oh face they all from, know where it comes from yeah, so. the devil face from tomb of horrors yeah. and and I, I show them a picture and they're gamers you know and i'm like oh no check this thing out i made you know and for those of you who don't know i i print these big green devil the tomb of horrors green devil things and and now i'm starting to put like lights in the mouth and stuff it looks pretty cool but i'll show them to my like people at work or whatever and they're like what's that and i'm like all right what are you are you kidding me you don't know you don't know what the green devil is you call yourself a gamer yeah <laughs> so what would your so george's go-to module is b2 what would your go-to module be I, probably the mod the actual module that i've run more than any other one but i've only run it like three times because it's really long right is uh castle amber cool it's like x2 i think yeah, yeah. x2 and I, I ran that, I've run that three times, but like all the way through end to end. One of them was actually, an, it's actually a great module for fourth edition d and I know that's like a blasphemy, but, Don't even but basically it was a whole campaign. I, I ran it and they started at like eighth level and they went to like 20th level in it because it's such a huge module. I love it. And, and of course I ran B2 a lot when I was a kid. I've run that a couple times over the years, like with my kids. But but I tend to not really run published adventures as is. I always modify. You like when so. I, I don't really watch television. I don't really run published adventures unless I'm running published adventures. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? No, what I know. Yeah, you? I know. I mean, we're doing rap and ethic. Right? I'm talking about in back group. in the day. Yeah, but like, I'm not using very. I, I mean, I'm changing the whole situation. Yeah. You know. Now, back in the day, I ran basically everything. And, you know, now that I think about it, yeah, I am kind of being, I'm being kind of a hypocrite giving <laughs> George shit. Cause, because in my, in my current face-to-face -face campaign, we did like a tour of Greyhawk. Now, I hadn't run most of those in 20 years, but we did the U-Series, and then we nice. did White Plume Mountain, and Against the Giants, Descent in the Depths of the Earth. But I had only run those like one other time when I was a kid. So I, it's not it's not like where I run it like at every con or every time I start a new group, I run like the same couple of adventures, you know? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, George even ran Temple of Elemental Evil for for us. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so using second edition. All right. So the right. sorry for that bunny hole. Oh, that happens. Yeah, Sarah just not even mad. Just says you're kidding, aren't you? Then Brian insulting. That's what it is. Then Nitro f flips the card. Yeah, but we're we're playing by my rules tonight. I've revamped it with my own special twists and modifications, which is the understatement of the decade. Yeah. <laughs> when he says he's revamped it, yeah. I mean it's kind of funny that he's even calling it the same adventure, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe he's just using the same map out of it, and that's it. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, but I would be, I, I it's Sarah, it's kind of interesting here. Maybe she's a purist because she seems so open to trying other games and ideas. Like, like two a page ago, she's like, oh, it's good to game with other players because you learn and blah, blah. <laughs> and here she's like, oh, no, this Hackmaster was meant to be played exactly the way Gary wrote it. Well, then what's the point of playing with other players and DMs if, you're, you have to play it, you know, right. like this one way, this one mindset. And every group is plays so, it exactly the same. She's so flip-floppy and kind of back and forth on things. See, that's why I give Sarah so much shit. <laughs> because you don't know where she's coming from, from frame. And Brian, you know he's going to be a dick every single time. No rule shall be altered, but you read between the rules, right? But Sarah, like, I don't, I don't know where she's coming from half the time. Yeah, Bob kind of surprised me there after their previous altercation. Your homebrew drills suck. I know, he's like right back into it. <laughs> we play by the rules like or they, we don't play at all. Right. They looked mad. It's like they were scared in that one frame, but then they're, they, what they were saying, but then their face has changed. Their face in this frame is exactly the same as it was in the last page when they were like, hey, water under the bridge or whatever. Like, they're like, they don't care. Bob doesn't care about getting beat up. <laughs> I can feel where Bob's coming from. When people tell me in general, when people say, hey, yeah, my, hey, check out my game. It's homebrew. When you say the word homebrew, you've lost me. Uh, you might as well say, hey, listen to this mixtape <laughs> that ate or, yeah, or it's my yeah. special recipe. I, I'm blending my own spices. Yeah, dude, if you're not so, the mayor of Flavortown, they'll be mixing your spices. So are you saying you don't like my homebrewed your shit your stuff's not homebrew rules? You're 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 not it's not homebrew, man. How is it not with with long rests? You don't long and short rests, you don't think that's homebrewed? That's not homebrew. I don't know enough I, about the fifth edition rule set to know what you're homebrewing or what you're not. I'm talking about like like if somebody just completely makes up like what like Nitro's you, doing here. Like yeah. Well yeah, 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 yeah. Unless like, they're a professional game designer. Game. Like we played in Matt's game, solid game. We had a lot of fun, but just like from growing up in high school, we had a lot of fun. This is I I kind of use the rules as a guideline, but this is my homebrew system, dude. Yeah. Don't don't waste my time. Oh yeah, if someone <laughs> says because because probably what they did is they think they did a lot more work detailing their rules, but really most of it's in their head. Yeah, exactly. And they're just going to be kind of making shit up. I, and you guys know what I think about DMs that make everything up, right? Right. I think it's bullshit. Yeah. I know I've 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 beat that horse to death a long time ago. So yeah, I agree. I would not like that level of home no. of home brew. Right. A little little rule tweaks here and there aren't a big deal, but Nitro just goes crazy with it. Well, Brian even says he was barred from running sanctioned hackmaster tourneys. Yep. Like yeah, you got to yeah. use the rules when you're running a tournament. I mean, come on. Exactly. Yeah, that's just a big slap in his face, bringing it up right there. But he he was really aggressive, though, wasn't he? Like, he's just like, I, I, I didn't quite catch how he convinced them, because in this frame, it's like... It's, it's the next page when he convinces them to play. Yeah, but, but in this one, he's like, poor, he calls them poor saps. <laughs> like and saying that BA's DMing is follow the leader hog slop. <laughs> like, 
So he's insulting the shit out of this whole group on this frame. And then next frame, George, take it away. <laughs> You're reasoning from position of fear. You cling to obsolete, antiquated rule system with champers, even diminishes equality. Basically says they're afraid to try it out. Of course. Yeah. So, but, but what did he say in his little paragraph of monologue there? Where justifies them being like, who's afraid? We can handle anything. Yeah, bring it on, hot shot. And then so, like just like, tells them they are lack they the that courage. easily manipulated. Oh yeah. Yeah, they lack the courage. Rob and Dave definitely are. Are, are they but even Brian, he's like obsolete, antiquated. Oh no, although Brian is saying that he's he's disputing whether or not the rules are obsolete and antiquated. Right. right? But Brian doesn't homebrew, he just reads between the rules. Right. <laughs> which is definitely not the same thing right like yeah right so yeah they immediately get offended at being called uh fearful and lacking of courage so they're like bring it on so they do it so they're gonna play yep. in his game and it starts out pretty normal after several hours of chopping and hacking blah 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 be and bob's like man this is exactly how i remember it everybody's like yeah it's the same old same old so they kick in the the gate to the place, and he, they get their weapons ready. And that's when Metro flips it on them. Gate swings open to reveal a hallway lined with pillars, and something strange happens. The crossbow glows and changes into a Red Rider BB gun. Red Rider. Yeah. He's going to shoot his eye exactly. out. He even has glasses. Yep. He's going to shoot his eye out. Dave, love that movie, by the way. Watch oh, it yeah. here. Oh, fudge. Oh, Dave's plus 12 hack master disappears and he has a pulse hole digger in his hands. <laughs> and Brian's spell that he's got on the tip of his tongue turns into him singing, Where is Love from Oliver? From Oliver. <laughs> like, where is this shit come? Like, this isn't even like a theme or anything. But then it really. Yeah. They're looking they, I, I, the the next frame because like like remember how I was saying Bob and Dave looked angry and like all the other frames in this it's basically the same picture right like they start out looking a little scared but then they look angry but then this one frame after after Nitro does this yeah their face changes and they're like what they're looking at each other. Yeah, and there's, this is the first picture where their face changes. Right, and there's <laughs> absolutely no text at all on this panel. It just shows the four knights, but it says quite a bit. Yeah, and this is this is Jolly's art, man. Like the timing of changing it up here, and you can just look at them. Like you can just see what they're thinking. Like, what? What? <laughs> yes. What do we do? Yeah. So the next panel, Nitro's just got this big monologue of of what's going on. And they meet Andy Warhol. There's a blind panda bear wearing Bermuda shorts. And the, the knights all still have the same expression on her face. And then the last panel, five seconds later, Nitro sits at the table all by himself. Huh, I knew they couldn't handle a real role-playing adventure. <laughs> Dude, there's a blind Andy Warhol accompanied by a blind panda bear who's wearing a pair of Bermuda shorts fashioned out of an old Nazi flag. That's some high fantasy role playing. Right? That is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what the F is that? Then Andy hands them a CD ROM, a feather duster, and says, I am the walrus. I am the dice man. Cuckoo chakoo. 
Yeah. You know, you know, what's funny though, is I don't know if Jolly's ever told you this story or maybe it was in a, uh, one of the mad tales from the attic or whatever. This is a real guy. And Jolly said yeah. he, when he went, when he went to college, this dude was playing at another table or, or, or like they didn't have room at one table. So he wound up playing at this guy's table. And this is like real dialogue. The guy was doing to run his game. And then that dude showed up at a con years later after Jolly published this. I think there's a picture of this yeah, guy somewhere. There sure is. The okay. yeah. I don't remember yeah. that. I can almost remember his name, but yeah, there is a picture of him and it's, it's only been, well, it seems like a couple of years ago. It's probably been 10 years ago, but yeah. Oh, no, it is more than a couple of years. Cause I, I've been aware of that for a long time. Like, but, there's something for everybody. That's pretty in interesting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then they're gone. They're Excuse gone. They yeah. leave the table. They even leave some of their precious, precious dice behind. They're just yep. out. Hell, there. Bob and Dave even left their character sheets. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Brian and Sarah took theirs. But so I'm going to run a game like this. Yeah. It's just going to be a random generator of pop culture references. Yeah. This is what this is what running a game from Chat GPT would probably be like. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the next one, the boy could play. This is uh, yeah. the second mention of Johnny Kaczynski. He hasn't been on screen yet or on strip or whatever right. you call it. And they're, and they're just talking about him here. But, yeah, it's pretty funny. Well, it's great how. Now, they kind of do it in a microcosm here, right? They talk about how great he was, but then they realize he was kind of a shit, just like they all are. But it does it does build up for the big reveal, because I don't want to spoil it for the future, but when Johnny Kaczynski shows up, he is one of the funniest, yeah. bad people like <laughs> I've ever seen. Smoking with the baby. <laughs> You're not supposed yeah. to spoil it. Oh, yeah. Okay, like, he opened a big Juicy's in Kenosha or something. The cool thing like, about this, th- this puts me in the mind of, this is this predates the Bill Brasky gag from SNL. But man, this strip reminds me of the Bill. Bill Brasky, he said, let's go drinking. So we went to an abandoned lot. There was no bar there. So we waited till they built a bar. Then we went in, took a shot and burned it down. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, Bill Brasky, hell yeah, you know. This this is kind of like the Johnny Kaczynski hell yeah till at the end yeah. when they kind of realize yeah, the, he's yeah this he's kind of a bad dude yeah the strip's man. only it, two it, pages they just go on and on what a great player he was and every panel Brian's like yeah the boy could play the boy could play and then Bob's like yeah and then he found that pair of match plus three daggers that he loved and then after I saved his life he gave him to me what a great guy that's funny Bob because those daggers were cursed. Yeah. So now, now we get into how he's actually a a real jerk, yeah. and this is a really short strip, so there isn't too much to talk about. But what I what what's so great is they make him out like they 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 do that whole thing about build him up, and then they then they oh oh he's actually a jerk. He's just as much of a jerk as these guys. But the thing is, when they when Jolly reveals him later, he's even worse than you imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like that's yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like Jolly is able to continually go down 
deeper and deeper into the sewer in a way that isn't obvious like they're evil like there's like but this they're bad bad people and he keeps on imagining these ways for these people to be bad to the point where like he even told me like at a certain point he had to redeem brian yeah because brian like this is way later but like brian got so bad like people hated him so much he had to pull him back from yeah i remember like 10 or so years ago people were just bashing brian left and right for the stuff he's doing because the, I, I and I I don't know if it's just Jolly. It's probably the whole D team. I think they all kind of have this sense of humor, right? Where they can just keep on coming up with shittier and shittier things for these people to do to each other. And and Johnny kind of takes the cake, though. For me, he's he's worse than Brian by a long shot because he does bad stuff in real life. Although Brian does some pretty bad yeah. stuff too. So the second page is just them guys putting him down, saying how horrible he is, and closes out with Sarah saying, but the boy could play, or so I've heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, the stuff he does, like, he drains everyone's bottles of healing potion and refills them with Orc Whiz. He, he like, empties their healing potions and, and puts pee, piss in them. You, you know what that would happen, like, if at my table, if someone... Did, I mean, Becca's done some shady stuff with Ninja Notes, but can you imagine what that would do to your group? Oh, like, if someone wanted to do stuff like that to everybody in the party. He turned in Bob just to get a 50 gold piece reward. Whenever he would take night watch, he would loot everybody's saddlebags. And He's then plant stolen goods on somebody else in the party. <laughs> so, like, do you, do you guys think BA is throwing this in their face? Like, hey, morons, he's actually a jerk. Ha ha. And it's sarcasm. Or or do you think he is genuinely thinks the stuff that Johnny did was funny? Because he seems like he's laughing. I mean, the, the straight on face shot, he doesn't because of his eyes. But in the next one, he's got a huge grin. His eyebrows are relaxed. And he's like, ah, this was so funny. He used to loot you guys. Or is he be like, oh, yeah, he he could play all right. What do you think about this, guys? Yeah. He did this, and he did this, and you didn't know. Well, considering who he was doing all this to, maybe he was enjoying it and thinking it was funny because of all the bullshit they do all the time. <laughs> right. Which tells you B.A. is just as toxic as the Oh, guys. my goodness. Right? But at like, least his is only in-game as far as... Well, right. And, 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 and in a way, it's a reaction to all the shit he gets from yeah. them. But B.A. definitely enjoyed a player in his game just yeah crapping all over everybody he sure did you know i think that's the biggest grin i've ever seen drawn on ba in that panel at the time that, yeah it's a big one all right so the next one wes you want to introduce it it's brian's challenge and this goes back to what steve said a couple of episodes ago you can't fool you can't you, the, you can't trick the DM, right? I mean, this is uh, this I, I, this is funny, you know. Obviously, love the strip. In the current evolution, this wouldn't be happening, I don't think. But it's funny. So basically, they are the knights. They kick down a door. They're they're fighting a dragon. Sarah, this is funny. I told you the mom in the fountain was saying there's a dragon <laughs> down this corridor. And Brian's like, I still can't believe you have mom as a secondary language. Which is so 
I mean, not only not only the fact that that's in the rules, but the fact that BA, who is a shitty DM, but then he, but then he puts something like that in his dungeons. Like, how much thought and care do you have to be thinking about writing your dungeon? Yeah, let's use a mime, and that's an actual. And you know, awesome. somebody better have mime, or they're not going to know a dragon's coming, which doesn't help them anyway, because obviously they didn't pay attention to him. Yeah, who's going to believe a mime? And it's they all, probably beat him up. Yeah, exactly. They probably shook him down. Bob probably put bolts, crossbows, of my or bolts of mime slaying. Mime slaying. And uh, it's old Rotgut himself. So this is another kind of recurring character that i believe this is i don't this is uh, i think they kill him over and over again i wonder yeah. if rotga is a title and not i think jolly might have sw- said that one time like rotga is a title not a name of a specific dragon ah oh, i could yeah. be wrong that about makes that. that makes sense then i could i could be wrong about that though. i might be imagining that but he never told us who the fuck hook nose wallace is <laughs> never never <laughs> responded to that there's so many names, man. Jolly comes up with the greatest names. It's like it's on the next page, I think. But Shiny Pebble Castle, yeah, you know, there's just all these very evocative kind of names. They're kind of out of place, but then they're really cool at the same time. Yeah, you know, and them being out of place is what makes them great in, the, in this situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know? like you um, just said, the mime in the dungeon. <laughs> Well, but yeah, but the names too. The names, like the guy's name. Where, where was the name? I, what was his name? Hooknose Joe. Hooknose Wallace. Hooknose Wallace. Yeah, yeah. That was back in. Let me consult. That was back oh, in I the Half Dice Will here. Travel. Bob's. I thought that was on here, and I missed it. No, no, no. It was that was back in episode or issue number four. The God Complex. Bob's Ranger comes with a big inheritance, and you know, BA doesn't go for it. And he's like, I don't care if you're no hook nose Wallace or whatever. But yeah, Jolly, he's a way of coming up with really kind of specific but but cool names. Yeah. And the, and the other thing I realized, I think I think this issue might have been the first issue of Knights of the Dinner Table I ever read. Oh. Cool. Because so many of the things, I think I mentioned that earlier, like the, like some so many of these things stand out, like they're the oldest. When I think back about the, the first KODT I can think of, like the different situations and stories, it's these, it's these ones. Like this, this thing with this dragon, like I can't remember when I knew about KODT and I didn't know about this particular story. And the more I went through this issue, the more I was thinking, like, yeah, I think I think this is the first one. This is the first one I ever read. So Bob and Dave are immediately ready to waste him with his crossbow and kick his ass. Sarah pulls her. We want to parlay. We have a plan. Of course. Uh, and Brian wants to parlay as well. Yeah, which, yeah. oddly enough. Which Bob's direction said is, Brian, have you gone off the deep end? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what? So then Brian reveals one of his plans here. And here's, here's where he mentions the castle. Remember that crumbling book we found in Shiny Pebble Castle? There's a passage in Rotgut that says he's fond of fine wines and he's a sucker for contests and challenges. So Dave, Dave points out where Brian's schemes have failed in the past once again. I, 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 I kind of want to harp on this a little bit because we were talking about, I think it was in the, 
last last episode where we were still in the bag wars, right? And we were talking about how Brian they, they Brian kind of play they play Brian up like he's some kind of mastermind. But even here it's like I know you think you're pretty clever, but this is a stupid idea. Are you forgetting that stupid wind riddle the gargoyle threw at us, right? And they all wind up as eunuchs serving the web queen. Like <laughs> Brian clearly makes a lot of pretty big mistakes. Right. Right. So they're they're maybe there's a reason why it's usually better to just kill everything instead of having an overly complicated, risky plot that Brian tries to hatch. Maybe they're more rational than we think. Ma- yeah, probably maybe not. so. Probably not. Yeah, probably, yeah. And they but they rarely think beyond the moment. So when he comes up with a a plan they think is cool. They praise him. When they come up with one they think is stupid, they bring up the old ones that failed. Yeah. All right. So, so he's going to challenge him. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. He's, Brian reveals his plan here. Here's the situation. All those bottles of wine we found in Shiny Pebble Castle. I've got them all in a bag of hefty capacity. I'm going to pull them out and set them before Rock Gut and explain I'm challenging them to a wine tasting contest. Nice. Yep. Gold, if he gets them right. He gets one of them as a slave. He gets them wrong. They get a big sack of gold. Yep. So they're challenging the Bryans. Or, yeah, now, now, there's a lot of cool things about this before I crap all over it the next page. It's cool that they know enough about Ratga and dragons to think that they could play against his, his ego. It's cool that they know that he's into wine. Like, clearly, BA has put that kind of information out there, and they're using that information. That's mm-hmm. pretty subtle stuff for a gaming group to pick up on, right? So this is a cool... I think this is really cool. But... I'll tell you why it's not. Oh, yeah. Brian gives him the first bottle, and Rotgut immediately identifies it. So he takes Bob as a slave. So do you think B.A. actually, because B.A. is looking at his notes, do you think he really knew what, like, this level of detail about each of these bottles of wine that they found in Shiny Pebble Castle? I don't think so. But well, is he making well, it up? I, well, I don't know because he has to have everything in his notes, right? Yeah, and here's the thing. Either way, that's him planning it ahead and having that is fantastic on his part. But if he's making it up on the spot, that's also like, wow. Elderberry wine diluted with spring water from the year 578. A cheap wine given to mercenary troops who helped King Vindlar take the steps that same year. <laughs> yeah. Like It's like freaking Connor McLeod. He's like, Oh, 1873, the Mongolfia yeah. brothers launched it. You know, it's like going in. It's like it was a good I year. I think that's where Jolly was thinking when he like di- well, did these kind of detailed descriptions like that. I wonder I wonder if he got that from, because it's about the right time frame, right, for Highlander. Well, Highlander was 86, I think. Yeah, 86 oh, or yeah, 87. So it, but if you go through the franchise and the rest of the movies, they went into the 90s. But it's well, but I mean, I'm sure Jolly saw. Oh yeah, I'm saying like because I didn't even think about, but that I I wonder if that's a reference here because that's basically the type of description we're getting in the comic. Yeah, that except hilarious, pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, stomped by the feet of orc slaves. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's great, but it made me think like they spent two hours cleaning itemizing all the crap in a dungeon that ba wrote so like does he 
does he really write all this stuff up like this? That's because if question. he does, he should be a published game designer, yeah. man. If he can write this, you know, story. and people talk about what's the thing, BA's notes, like Jolly talked about, hey, I'm going to publish BA's notes because of this level of detail. Oh, man. Can you imagine? Like, yeah. I, I don't. I don't even read published dungeons. If they had this kind of descriptive test, I wouldn't even know it was in there. Me, I gloss over some yeah, I'm shit. rolling. Uh, and if Rock Gut makes his roll, then I'm just yeah. saying he knows this is a wine from this place over yes. here. <laughs> yeah. But it's not going to be as cool sounding as all this. No. Well, you know, and this is the kind of thing that Chat GPT can bring to a lot of games is like unimportant details that the DM would have to spend a lot of time. And frankly, feel really like it can be kind of scary to write this way for a lot of DMs because this is like writing, writing. This isn't making a map and putting monsters in it and role playing. This is like, you know, where people, you you can be kind of on what's what I'm looking for, like worried that people are going to be like, oh, that sounds stupid. Yeah. You know like, I mean? Oh, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. 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 Where, whereas like when you're just running the game, there isn't usually, well, although sometimes there is, but usually there isn't like, that much critique about and and i think that's why a lot of people don't role play because they you know like they want to keep it very nuts and bolts like you said oh i roll okay he knows what the wine is let's move on versus role playing and making stuff up because you know that's like your own personal creativity and if you don't do a good job you can feel you know anyway yeah you don't see this kind of thing very often no No. so then after he's got dave and sarah as his slaves Brian points out yep. that he's wrong on the on the fourth bottle. First of all, this is a very specific potion. So Brian says, "Oh no, that wasn't a bottle of wine." And then now remember, this is after this is after BA describes what the wine is. And then Brian says, "Oh no, because I didn't give him wine. I gave him a polymorphed insect potion, which apparently has no saving throw or no nothing." And then he just gets stomped on and dies. Now, obviously, this would not work in any current rule system that I'm aware of, right? Like polymorph, you can't kill something. You can't make something small and kill it, and then it dies. It would turn back into whatever, usually. But here's the problem with this. BA ran that provided information based on the fact that it was a bottle of wine, not based on the fact that it was a a potion, a magical potion. And that dragon probably could have easily detected that it was, I mean, he's an expert on wine. He's a freaking big ass dragon with a lot of probably high perception checks and things. And he could have just said, no, I know this isn't wine. I'm not going to drink it because he's not stupid. He's clearly very smart. So you see, this is a case you can't trick, you can't lie to the DM and then go based on how that DM responds to your lie. Like, this is just not feasible. Like, it would never... It sounds cool. It's like, oh, Brian, you know, in this setting, Brian got over on BA. But if you think about it, this would be super easy to do. Right. This is, like, if you could just lie to the DM, and then whatever he says about what you lied about, well, the DM doesn't know that you're lying. And it's pretty easy to lie when the stakes are really low, and you're not going to go to jail or lose your job or anything, right? So you can lie with a straight face when you're doing some shit like this. Yeah. So anyway, you can't lie to the DM. When you're playing a game, you want to trick a monster, trick an NPC, you have to tell the DM that that's what you're trying to do. And the DM has to be fair and, you know, run the rules so that you can do that. All right, I'm off my DM high horse. 
Yep. All right, George, tear it down. Uh, Tell me what I got. Well, you went a slightly different direction, so my repost is uh, pointless. I was going to say, since you brought up that he would smell it, wasn't wanting to not even drink it, uh, my my point would be moot. So I was going to say that you know, if he drank it anyway, he wouldn't get the the thing off. And Brian could have told him ahead of time, all right, I'm going to hand him this bottle, but it's not actually wine. It's going to be this. Well, but that's what I'm yeah, getting at, exactly. right? Because the dragon could have detected that Brian was lying, mm-hmm. right? Like Brian would have to make like a deception roll of some kind because the dragon has a chance to detect that he's lying. He could notice that the bottle doesn't look like a bottle of wine. He could smell it, notice it doesn't smell like wine. Maybe he can detect magic. And, you know, like there's a million things that just the dragon would probably not fall for something like this unless you want the game to be like this. And then, you know, B.A. could see be like, okay, cool. Yeah, he he definitely turns into a rock grub. Cool. And then they go to the tavern to order a beer. Oh, it wasn't a beer. It was a potion of poison. No save. You fall over dead. But you got no save. So I think I told you guys before, and I don't know if it was on this show or not, that we were running years ago. My friend Brad, he was a really funny DM. He was he was a very creative guy. I, it was like one of these old D&D modules. We were lower level, and we were sneaking up on this compound and went into this guard shack. And I think we killed one of the guards, and we were kind of rummaging through it. And, and he was like, you found a couple of potion bottles, and one of them was 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 brown one of them's green you know whatever so my friend's like hey i'll you know i'll i'll take a drink of take a sip that was because that's how you did it back then you took a sip and oh you feel like you're maybe a little healthier okay maybe it's healing or whatever so he's like i take a sip and he's like it's it's shit it's you my friend's like dude i know what shit smells like (laughs) as soon as i touched it i would have been like oh this is and he was like it oh he said (laughs) the funny part and he probably told me drank the whole he thing. Said, you know? He said it says it says Lipton on it. And my <laughs> oh, guy's yeah, like, okay. I remember you talking like, about this. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh yeah, it's Lipton, it's tea. So he drinks it. And he's like, it's Sergeant Lipton's stool <laughs> And he's like, and now you've got the shits. You can't yeah. control. And my friend's like, I, I wouldn't have drank, I would have smelled it. But it's a, it's reminded me of that when I read this. The dragon's like. As soon as I uncorked it, I would have said, this is not wine. Well, like, I mean, well, exactly, exactly. And if the DM did this to the players, like if they had an NPC give them something that, and they didn't get any chance to like roll a skill check or whatever to like, you, you know, you can't, you just can't lie like that. You can't say, oh, here's a, here's a bottle of wine. And then it turns out it's something completely different like a bottle of wine wouldn't even look like yeah. a magic potion, probably you know so you know it's it's funny and it's and it's, it's, it's they're funny. kind of showing how like the dynamic in this group and and so i get it but like when you're really gaming this you can't do this just doesn't work this way you know what i mean you can't do it i would i would be like oh well we're gonna back up because i get like four skill checks to find out and i would be a dick about it at that point I had this happen in one of my campaigns a long time ago, and I th- I probably told this story before, but this guy basically secretly went in league with EUs, you know, EUs, the demigod in the world of Greyhawk, and he was supposed to betray the party at this key battle when they were going to be fighting against, against EUs, right? 
And, and he was like, oh, doing all, not doing anything like his character would do. Oh, I move here and I ready this. I move here and ready this. And I'm like, you're dead. You can't, you can, you can't lie. You can't lie to me like that, man. I know you're lying. You have to fight honestly, or I'm taking your character over. So I just, I, I said, no, you're betraying him and your character dies immediately. Cause that was the bargain he had made. Oh, right. Man. He was trying to bluff his way with me out of the bargain, oh, acting Lord. like he was, he was fighting and doing this stuff in good faith. And he clearly wasn't. I just killed his character off. And he's a really good player, but I, I mean, I don't, I just don't can't, you lie to me. You're done. Whatever you were trying to do is done. I'm not even going to roll for it. Don't lie to me as a DM man. Pisses me off. That's why I'm beating this horse <laughs> even more dead. I'm going to beat this horse till it's undead. Oh, Ooh, I know George, you look thrilled. George has flipped his card to red. Yeah, he flipped my card to red. That's enough, Steve. I'm getting sick. Uh, Mine's green. I'll take take Steve over here on this side of the table. (laughs) So it closes out with uh, them stomping. As you said, that wouldn't kill it anyway. And loading up the horde. Honestly, it may have killed it back in earlier rules editions. I'm saying now, most of them now, it would not. You know, but but if it yeah, but then it goes back to the old right gut thing, and that could be a title. So yeah. yep. Do you need information about a forty-year-old game now? Then you need to listen to the Save for Half podcast, the podcast dedicated to talking about some of the oldest games out there. We make sure that you get your old-school gaming information piping hot in under an hour, or your money back. Old School Gaming is a division of Old Men Screaming at Clouds. Old Men Screaming at Clouds is an affiliate company of old ladies talking to cats, and wholly owned by the Mud Puppy Games Network. With over 175 products, the family-owned and operated Black Oak Workshop's thematic and innovative designs will jazz up your game. Black Oak Workshop, official dice maker for Radio Free Muncie, home of the original Adventure Calendar, Black Oak Workshop, where dice are treasure. So we move on to Armload of Trouble. I do remember this one from back in the day. Yeah, this one puts me in the mind of another one, the Head of Vecna, Hand of Vecna one. All right, so Bob, obviously playing the thief, picks the lock. They see a, a hallway leading to darkness. And at the end, they find a, a small hole about four inches in diameter in the middle of the wall. And through the hole, they see a brilliant ruby sitting on a small gold and silver pedestal, just barely within arm's reach. <laughs> this is such a great, this is such a great strip. Yeah. I love this one so much. Once again, we see Jolly's love of hyphenated names. One Kai. One Kai. And I tried to think like, One Kai, is that like a joke on something? But I think it's just a hype. He has a lot of hyphenated names for yep. things that are special and magical or, or, or divine. So this is almost like a signal that not only is this a valuable gemstone, but it's fabled 
And given that it has a hyphenated name, it's definitely magical and very, very special. Bob is immediately I'm reaching in and grabbing it. Sarah tries to stop him, but <laughs> oh, I'm not there because she's guarding the back. So, so what's the deal with Sarah and not wanting table talk? These guys met. We just got done talking about in, in the back wars, <laughs> the level of player knowledge they're using. But in this case, oh, no. I can't warn him because my character isn't there. I can't I can't save him from this obvious disaster because so is she really are they really exercising that much discipline around table talk <laughs> or is she just like oh this is going to be funny but I want to I want to give myself a sort of jail out of free card that I would have warned you if I could. Yeah. I don't think it's that funny. <laughs> I was forced into this situation of watching you do this stupid thing, right? Like I think it's that personally. <laughs> so what happens when he reaches in there uh, for he the reaches in, Rubio? They hear a gut wrenching sound of metal grinding against stone. And before he can react, a razor sharp blade detaches his arm at the shoulder and his <laughs> arm falls on the other side of the wall. And that's not Great. the worst part. Uh, that's so that's, just a, that's a cool trap. Like that's a like, cool trap. That's a cool trap. And that's like a typical D D hackmaster trap although i probably would have had him reach through it and then like had a pit open up because like the obvious trap is too obvious yeah but but these guys fall for the obvious trap so i don't <laughs> this is this is a great trap this is a very cool trap so dave don't worry bob i'll retrieve your arm for you then again sarah wait oh oh sorry i'm not there i shouldn't say anything <laughs> she could have just blurted out Dave, it's going to chop your arm off, too. No, no. Oh, sorry. I can't say anything. And Brian's down there. I saw it coming. Well, no shit, dude. Everybody yeah. saw it coming. Except Dave. So Dave loses his arm. Yeah. And then, of course, and, and this is why this is why I think Sarah and Brian are just enjoying us. Because Brian now, it's he doesn't say he won't. He says he can't. Well, he says he won't, but he's giving a reason that he can't right. because it's too risky for him. Like, I don't know. I mean, nobody would be putting their arm in that no, hole shoot, point no. anyway, you know, at least I don't think so. But Dave, Dave and Bob are asking Brian and Sarah to reach in there and get their arms back. Right. But the best part, my favorite part of this whole thing is at the bottom of this page. Yeah. When B.A. says that large rats are dragging his arm away yeah. and they can see it through them. Because that's exactly what you would do. Oh, man. It's so funny because it just ups the tension. Like, it forces the players to do something. Right. Like, it, it takes away their time. to. And, and, you know, this is and that's what traps are really for to me. I don't like traps that kill people. I like traps that put one of the players in kind of a bad situation and then you have an encounter, right? Because now the players have what would normally be a pretty easy, straightforward encounter, but they can't just run or they can't use certain spells or they can't do whatever because somebody is stuck or somebody's injured or somebody's whatever. And then that creates this wrinkle in the whole encounter. and it makes the whole thing more interesting instead of, I mean, mo most traps, most traps should not be 
should not kill players. That's that's a very boring trap. Players should or trap should should create complications for the players, separate the players, move them to another part of the dungeon that they can't return from. It's pretty lame to just have a trap that like especially if it just kills somebody, right? I mean that's one roll and you're dead. Like that's just kind of right <laughs> not fun to me. So Bob freaks out. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'm going to get out my dagger and <laughs> stab the rats. <laughs> and even though they're not on on the panel, you can see that all through are yelling, Bob, don't! <laughs> yeah, from all, and Bob's like, I'm hopping mad. And Bob gets emotional and just, like, just, <laughs> DA is loving it, man. His face doesn't show it, but the ha-ha. Yeah. Swoosh, kerplunk. Ha ha, you just lost your other arm, smart guy. <laughs> oh, this is way too easy. Since Sarah's in the main foyer, Dave is passed out, Brian's refusing. The starving carnivorous rats drag the three severed arms going to the murky shadows to devour them. And at the bottom, BA says, I've said it before and I'll say it again. There's no party too powerful that a good can't trap can. That's true if your party is kind of dumb. Like if you're if that party is powerful on paper, but they're not very smart players, which there's a lot of people like that, right? Like they're really good at looking at their sheet and deciding what's on their sheet and what they should do and what spell they should cast. But if they're not used to like playing the, the like the environment and what's going on, traps like this will devastate a group like yeah. that because there's nothing on that character sheet that's going to get them that's going to solve their problem, and they're going to do stupid stuff like this. Yeah. You know, not not to mention they're probably used to being able to take a lot of damage and being able to get hit from monsters and all that because it's they've got powerful characters, right? Anyway, so I saw you reaching for your for your card, Wes. So I'm I'm gonna stop there. <laughs> oh <laughs> no, no, you're good. Bob's like, what am I gonna do with a thief with no arms? And Dave, I can't, <laughs> I, mean, I can't wield my plus twelve hackmaster with one arm. Yeah. And so Brian gets the punchline again. He gets some good ones. Well, of course, Sarah opens it up with, we just lost half our fighting power. No, Sarah, we just moved up several tax brackets. We're going to pick their pockets while they stand and watch. <laughs> yeah, this would be interesting to play at a table like this. Anyway, that's the end of it. That's a, that's another one of those really classic, classic yeah. strips. That brings us to the final one of the issue. Is this the last one? Oh, the this is it. Yeah. yeah. Named after the old Kenny Rogers hit, Coward of the County. Yeah. Yeah. I love this song. Yeah. It's a great song. Kenny Rogers was my first favorite artist as a kid. Kenny. Oh, wow. He's good chicken, too. <laughs> I've never I've never had a Kenny Rogers Roasters. Is he still alive? He no, died. Yeah, he, he died passed. a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Not too long ago, yeah. though. Yeah. We should have one of our interns look look that up when it happened. March 20th, 2020. So, so it's been shit three and a half years ago. It's been longer than I thought. Yeah, three and a half years. That's that's about what I COVID, thought. right? It's COVID era. Yeah, that yeah. yeah, that's right when the quarantine started happening. I had a coworker that had a thing for Kenny Rogers, and he would come down. We were both at different plants. So I was at I was in North Carolina, he was in Ohio, and he would come down and visit the plant or whatever. And he came into my office one time and just started talking shit about Kenny Rogers. 
Like he, he's like, yeah, me and my wife's a big fan. So we went to see him and the concert wasn't good or something. And I'm like, he's an old man. I mean, he's just like ranting on about how he missed the lyric or he didn't sing how the sound wasn't great. Just like it, he was so invested in Kenny Rogers that he was so disappointed. I'm like, he's a 70 year old man. What do you, <laughs> yeah, mean, and, like, and everybody has off nights. Like, I, yeah, like I saw the Black Crows open for Aerosmith once and I was looking forward to seeing them and they weren't good at all. And a couple, they just didn't have it. That yeah, day, right? and I saw them a couple years later open for ZZ Top and they made ZZ Top look bad. My wife and I, my wife especially, is a big Chris Christopherson fan. And I don't know if you guys even know who that is. You don't know who John uh, is. He's one of the highwaymen. Well, yeah, he wrote, amongst other he wrote things. Uh, Bobby McGee, the main bad guy in that Mel Gibson movie, Payback. Oh, that was so good. We yeah, actually, at work, we named one of our uh, project teams the outfit after that movie. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, it was so good. James Colburn was in. I mean, yeah. that was he just wanted like a specific amount of money. Yeah, he two just grand wanted his or, share. Yeah, yeah. He shot anyway, James Colburn's luggage. And he, and oh, he's like, that's, oh, that's just mean. That's just mean. Damn, yeah. I, I guess I got to see this movie. You guys are getting really excited about it. it. Payback. Yeah. yeah, it is a really it's a good movie. And how the how it ends at the end, how he gets them. It's it's pretty oh, good. Yeah. But there was a couple of years where Christopherson, like where he wasn't doing well on stage, like he was forgetting lyrics and all this kind of thing. And we were like, man, this is a shame because he's always typically, you know, really sharp guy. He freaking got Lyme's disease while filming a movie and they, they didn't know it like for years. And he was having cognitive issues and everything. Anyway, they figured it out and he got fixed and. Like we saw him again and he was like his old self. It's crazy. But anyway. Well, I mean, these are people. Yeah. Right. And it's hard for people to like, like every night or every couple nights to go up on stage and be like your top best. Like as you get older, that gets harder. And as it becomes like more of a job and not like, oh, it's like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said. Why don't you tell your old man? It's just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did he say? Hustling up and down the court, you know. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Everybody's like yeah. that top to bottom. And, and like, I mean, even stupid stuff. Like when you're a DM, when you're a musician, you have good nights and bad nights. Sometimes you just get unlucky and it's their bad night. Like uh, Chris you know? is 87 years old. I've seen him. I, I know who he is. I don't know that much about him. That says more cool, about man. you than right. does him, Steve. <laughs> does it? Not, does that make me a bad person? No, I, I don't know that you need. You need to listen to some Sunday morning coming down or something. I don't know. Anyway, let's let's move on. <laughs> how do we get? Okay, oh, I I look down. I'm like, okay, that's how we got on. Coward of the county. <laughs> Coward of the county. Yep. Kenny Rogers. It's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, we're gonna land on Kevin Bacon here in a minute. All right, let's get back to the strip. <laughs> All right, so they're going down, and an enormous, ancient, gnarled tooth troll, branched enormous cleaver, <laughs> comes out to attack. And gnarled tooth troll. Dude, you know, when I read these strips, it always makes me want to write an adventure. Yeah. It always makes, and even though, like, I have these long campaigns, and so I won't be able to use them, just makes me. It just makes me want to write the, the albino lizard people. The it's just yeah, the just gnarled tooth like, troll. Oh, man, I, yeah. I want to just do some kind of different sort of one shot adventure. There's a lot to be said for like just having something different every week and you can be as creative as you want and just make shit, you know, and yeah. make it very, 
like episodic. Yeah, that that's the way yeah. we played back in the day. We'd have the same characters, but we didn't have any continuity from adventure to adventure. Yeah, it's like an old sitcom kind of thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like the new ones are like a Netflix series and the old ones are like sitcoms on network TV. Yeah. yeah. You know? So uh, yeah. Bob and Knobbyfoot are the only ones up there close to it. And Bob's like, I, I've only got six hit points left. I'm toast. And Brian gives him the idea to use Knobbyfoot as a shield to buy some time. <laughs> yeah. He's just an NPC. <laughs> no, nah, poor Knobbyfoot, man. Like, these guys are bastards. Oh, that's a good idea. I'll step back and let the troll deal with the torchbearer. Yeah. Oh, where do you get my crossbow? Then Sarah immediately starts chastising him. You call yourself a hero? This is the lowest cowardly ask you've ever pulled. A helpless helpless NPC throwing him to the jaws of death. <laughs> Bob's little comment, who pulled your string? <laughs> yeah, she backs. She's pretty angry here, but she backs off quick, yeah. just like she always does. She's like, she's actually okay with it. You know what they should do? They should tell her that if if she's okay with them using Navi Foot, they'll donate some money to her temple. Then she'll be fine. <laughs> then she'll pick him up and throw him herself. <laughs> BA is like, oh, it does seem like a very callous act, Bob. But Bob goes off, man. He's like, he doesn't care. Brian's even like, yeah, 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 whatever. Let's move on. Bob sticks a dagger in Nobbyfoot's back just to make sure he doesn't turn and run. Nobbyfoot looks up disgusted. Put that dagger on, you coward. I'm not afraid to fight. And he leaps into combat. But just right after saying, you are my hero, but now I despise you. Oh, yeah. Okay, time out, time out. This is definitely B.A. Oh, yeah. With these guys on her, because there is no way Nobby Foot would look at these guys and say, like, oh, they're my hero. this is DM yanking a chain, like the wallet falling out of the orc's pocket with this picture of his kids, <laughs> yeah. Um, then just call him a straight out coward to his face. And then, and then Brian down on the end, he's like, mighty big words for such a little guy. Good luck, Nobby. Sniff. Wait, all of a sudden, he's oh, got a yeah. Gut. He's, like, yeah. He cares. He should be like, whatever. Just get this over with. Let's get out of here. Yeah. So Nobby Foot goes into combat, rolls an eighteen, lands an executed blow with a short sword. The, he just fucks this dude up, man. Kills his troll with. Does he have a short yeah, sword or a short dagger? sword? Rolls a natural yeah. twenty on his def- on his dodge roll, so the troll misses him. Does a somersault between the legs, gives him initiative next round, spinning around, delivered a backstab, rolls seventeen. Barely hit and the troll collapses. So now, not only did they throw him out there to fight this thing, to like gain some time, but they didn't even join in the fight. Nope. Yeah. Because this was multiple rounds. Yeah, they didn't even get, you know, hell, Bob's got a crossbow. Doesn't I mean <laughs> Brian <laughs> Brian didn't cast any spells. Even even Sarah didn't do anything. It's like it wasn't like, oh, let's shove, let's shove Nobby foot to the front so the troll attacks him and he's like a sponge, kind of like what you would do with a summoned creature, right? You summon some crappy creature, you put it out there so the, so it's like a little hit point buffer for you so you can hit him with some range stuff. That's like how I always use summon creatures, right? Yep. But they didn't do that. They put him out there 
just to let him get slaughtered. They didn't do anything in the next Brian round. Brian confirms it, too, when he prevails an unassisted kill. They didn't do any. There was nothing happened off screen. Yeah. They just let him there. Even Sarah. I want to point that out. Even Sarah. Even Sarah. <laughs> but that means they don't get any experience points, right? Right. That's right. It's unassisted That's kill. That's what BA should do, right? So after that, later that night, you're re-equipped and healed up, and you're ready to set up for the dungeon. But Nibifoot says he will not be joining you. Why the hell not? I can't in good conscience allow him to adventure with a coward. <laughs> called a coward again. Yeah, and Sarah's like, I'm in love with this little guy. Not in love with him enough to not let him be thrown to a troll. Right. Then, of course, Brian looks at how it affects him. This could have negative modifiers for the whole party's honor. Well, and then Bob has got to beat the shit out of him, right? He's going to slap him up. He's going to grab him. Even though he just killed a troll unassisted, apparently it's expected that an NPC will just let Bob smack the crap out of him, you know? Right in the middle of the town square. So as the cries of pain, the a crowd starts gathering around, demanding to know what their citizen has done to deserve such treatment. But this, see, the, Wes, you're right. This is BA. This is the wallet with all the orcs kids falling out. Yeah. You know, because now, before Nobbyfoot was a troll slayer with a short sword, took down a troll in two rounds. Now he's a poor, defenseless halfling. Yeah crying out in pain and torment because Bob is slapping him. Oh my God. Yeah, you know, so BA is just totally punking these guys out. He's just twisting everything around. So the crowd gathers around and Bob tells them to basically disperse or you'll get some of the same and they go berserk and start rushing. <laughs> so they, so Dave immediately, I draw my Hackmaster plus 12. I leap into the crowd and start thrashing. <laughs> and then Sarah's comment beckons back to Brian's comment earlier. Oh, great. Another evening of high adventure and heroic fantasy. Yeah, that's almost like a theme, right? Like to Brian, though, this is high adventure. And in fact, in the next frame, Bob even says, hey, who said town adventures aren't as fun <laughs> as dungeons? <laughs> like They killed 475 people. And they're strewn about on the streets in pools of their own blood. As the town is engulfed in flames. Oh, and they tried to surrender. That took they some tried, of, they to, tried surrender. to surrender. Yeah. Uh, yep. It took some of the fun out of it when they tried to surrender en masse. <laughs> Sir comments that solo adventures are looking pretty good. But you, you know what? You know what, though? But BA is a part of this. Right. Because guess what? Townspeople would run away from something like that, right? Like when Pete, when, when some dude starts shooting a gun in a public place, everybody doesn't go and continue to attack him as people are being mowed down, right? They try to get away. And 475 dead people, <laughs> they just keep coming right in, right at him. That the ends with Brian asking if they get experience for the non combatants. <laughs> so i guess they killed every man woman and child in town so funny man it it 
This is kind of a common trope, though, because like in the gamers movie in Darkness Rising, the one the wizard, they want to get on with it. They don't want to talk to a peasant. And the one one player wants to talk to a peasant about the like story stuff. And he blasts him with a fire spell. And then when it's all done, you know, it's like, do I get experience points for the peasant? (laughs) So, yeah. And that ends the strips. Then there's a page for people can photocopy different shots of them at the table and add in their own dialogue. This is basically him saying, I I don't have any more creative ideas for Knights of the Dinner Table. Yeah, and, it, and we passed it over at the end of The Boy Could Play. The very last panel wasn't even part of the strip. It was, hey, we need your help. It's tough being funny and cool month after month. We're looking for material. Cartoons, jokes, humorous items. Yeah, so... So I don't know how he went another 300 issues. This, this is the difference. Yeah. 300. He goes from, yeah, it's goes from being a sketch show to, to being a serial, you know? Oh no, I was being sarcastic. Like, you know, then I, I I think, honestly, I think this is one of the things that's really cool about KODT is yes, exactly. The Jolly's openness to other people providing content and putting their stuff into his into his magazine even to the point of like kodt strips and stuff but all kinds of stuff like jolly is never going to run out of ideas like he's way too creative for that that's why i was being sarcastic about it but i think there is a lot of opportunity for people to contribute into the magazine i think it's awesome yeah Yeah. both of us have been published in it i don't know about wes I've got tons of cartoons in there. What do you mean you don't know about Wes? I've got ones of cartoons. I was talking about articles and stuff. I was about to mention. Good God. That's the hard way, George. That's the hard (laughs) way to get in the KODT. Sit down and write something and edit it. And oh, my goodness. Just sketch out a little cartoon. I sent him one this weekend. You guys saw it. Oh, yeah. I saw it. The uh, cartoons I've seen of yours, I think they're pretty good. (laughs) Mine suck. But I'm in the comic. I mean, that's the goal. I won an adventure competition. I thought it was a pretty good adventure, too. Yep. Wow, I can't believe I just blinked on the name of it. I know it's got the harpy. Morse Call. Morse Call, that's it. Wow. Yep. And then there's another one that has a Rakshas in it that I think I just wrote that for fun. Yep. The, the villa. And then you also got the Sheep Thief. Sheep Thief, yep. Man, yeah, I guess. I forgot I wrote wrote those rack villa rack yeah yeah and then the comic pulls out with a who's who with the knights plus gary jackson edmund finley nitro and weird pete and then we start getting the advertisements and stuff in the back so i think i might already talked about this one but i it just stood out to me so much the trading cards classifieds in the in the middle of the page mm-hmm. here so how you like you forget how much the world has changed in 25 years oh yeah. this was a publication this was a publication that you would have to send away and get a monthly newsletter for trading for buying and selling trading cards so like uh, magic the gathering if you wanted to try to sell your magic cards you would do it through a paper publication that is mailed to you and you had to pay 
nine dollars for a six month subscription to do that how inconceivable is it that anything like that would happen like this stuff is gone you know what i mean even the even the one at the top is a is a like a small print magazine right pulp dungeon Mm -hmm. nothing like that would exist in paper form today or very it'd be very unusual but you know like so much of this stuff i there was there was a lot more of that like if you wanted to participate in the gaming community like it was newsletters and that's how jolly got started right i mean he got started and then it Mm -hmm. turned into shadis uh or shadis and etc and on and on and it's just like such a different world now. There's like a billion websites with people. There's a DMs guild where people are publishing all kinds of stuff. People have blogs and websites, podcasts. People have podcasts, YouTube channel. It's just it's just crazy. Like that. This was the vehicle for that stuff in the past, and now it's it's all different. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But KODT remains in print. Yep. Yeah. Not 300 issues later. Yeah, not many. I mean, there are any game magazines that were coming out 30 years ago, even 20 years oh, wow. ago. This is the longest running game magazine in history. I, no, I'm like gaming magazine. Pretty yeah. sure about that. Now, do you, do you check out all the stuff when we're at Pete's Bolton board? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Brian, why haven't you called? Is this the end? Are yeah. you dumping me? <laughs> Alexis. <laughs> Oh yeah. So maybe he really has a girlfriend. I I saw that right away, man. Uh, apparently this is when Dave and Jennifer Kenzer had their daughter Samantha. Cool. It's so funny because this page, it's got like jokes, but then it's also got real stuff mm-hmm. because it also has wanted information leading to the arrest and conviction of a person responsible for starting the brawl at Hatcon 97 in Muncie, Indiana. That's Nitro and Bob's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then sure so is. there's just and then up here, attention freelancers. Kendrick Company is looking for good writers and artists for the Kings of Calamar for guidelines. Exactly. Send an S A S E. Haven't seen that phrase in a long time. Self-addressed envelope. Stamped envelope. Stamped envelope. Well, that gets back to what I was saying, yeah. right? This was all this was all done through the mail. There was no even in the beginning. I think I talked about that in one of the earlier old issues that we did like there's there's information about how to send how to mail away for a subscription i don't don't know how i missed this one but wanted writers and artists who are willing to sign away all rights to their work for no fee contact gary jackson (laughs) i don't know how i overlooked that one before hey but you get exposure oh yeah and is this the first time we meet or, or there's a mention of gaming dick i think so because game and dick has a big store like he's like pete's competitor later right um yeah. so it, what's cool is i i looked at this and gaming game and dick doesn't like gamers at all mm-hmm. right <laughs> he's like he doesn't like gamers and so i thought it was funny because game and dick becomes the the nemesis to to weird pete in the future yeah you know and he's all statted up. But he um, he doesn't he doesn't like gamers at all. He ran his store, games and crap, with a violent, loud fervor that made him the beloved subject of many a gamer's anecdotes. He hated questions, complaints, customers, and manufacturers in that order. <laughs> so, like, yeah, this is like, yeah, 
I don't know. Perfect. I thought that was a really pretty funny. Then there's an actual little comic down here by Jolly. Looks like a fighter and a mage talking and Smokey the Bear is lying here with two arrows in his chest. I'm telling you, that crazy bear kept running out of the woods and putting out my fire. I had to kill the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. That's like a West. That's like a West. Oh, my goodness. No, it's like, yeah, it's OK. Mine's much more nuanced than that. Yeah. yeah. All right. If you say so, whatever, <laughs> whatever makes you feel good. In mind, about- the bear prevails. I kept putting their fire out and they kept lighting it again. I had to kill the damn guy. I had to, I had to kill you, these guys. Do you have one like that? No. Seriously? No? Because no. that'd be a pretty funny one, too. Yeah. yeah. And the final page, parting shots, is how to be a cultist. 24 items. I was yeah. glad when he switched to parting shots being comics. Because, yeah. yeah. like, now I immediately turn to parting shots. And, like, that's the first thing I do when yeah, I even, even if I don't have time to read the whole magazine. Yeah, because that's a quick read. And... Yep. Cool. And of course, one of my favorite things ever to come out of KODT was imparting shots. Hackbook. Oh God, I love Hackbook. From a few years ago. Oh, that's great. Love Hackbook. Oh yeah, the social media. It's like Facebook, but it's Hackbook, yeah. and it's like the fighter or the adventurers are get on there and they're talking to the monsters. Yeah, and it's like, hey, you think you could up your game a little bit? I'm bringing some friends through, and he's like, what? You killed all my family, and you're telling me to. Yeah, and, it, it's, and it's then really the monsters get into it with each other too. Hey, who the yeah. hell left oh, the it's... dead adventurers in front of my cave? Yeah, <laughs> comedy gold. Yeah, he just did them for a while, but there. But that's the thing, man. Like, there's he transitioned parting shots to being this hodgepodge, and it's there's just like so much good stuff, and that's also where a lot of people get to put their stuff in, you know. Yeah. So I guess that's it, right. man. I guess we're done with this one. I guess it's time to crank that ignition and head on down the road. Okay, maybe, what are we going to do next time? Well, next would be we're finishing up Bag Wars if we man, stick so, to our plan. And that's going to be the finish, yep. right? Yeah, so next episode it. is we're going we're gonna to polish off Bag Wars. It's been, how many episodes did that wind up being? Just It'll for be 10 Wars? once we finish, assuming we get through next time in one well, episode. We should. There's only 10. like two strips left and one of them is only like one or two pages yeah we're yeah. pretty close and then we'll probably talk about it yeah just, just yeah, an overview you know, and you know but, right. and then from oh. then on it's you know sailing the seas of cheese whatever just like going straight up the <laughs> sailing the seas i don't know why i thought <laughs> i don't even know a, what that means it's a primus thing but anyway it's like you know straight down Sailors. the road episode eight nine ten now we can always break off and do some other stuff if you guys want to. Yeah, like a t- after there that. are other trade yeah. paperbacks. There's also like Tales of the Vault and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, I mm-hmm. was thinking about the Tales of the Vault because most of that stuff, or actually all of it, I guess, is older. Right. So it's early. It's early yeah. stuff. So Tales from the Vault is all from Sh- uh, Shadus and Dragon. Yeah. And there's a couple other so. publications too. I don't remember which ones though. And I feel like we're kind of missing out on. And we can always go back and grab them, but the bonus strips and the bots, there's some good stuff there. So, yeah, because they have like retro KODT and stuff in there too. Carvin yeah, I mean, Marvin, you know. Well, Car- I, I, Carvin Marvin, I think I like Carvin Marvin and the Pack of Doom more than I like Bag. So, so if we get to Pack of Doom or Carvin <clears throat> Marvin, we can go mine those extra strips and the bots and, yeah. you know, pull them along as, yeah. as we needed. But, but yeah, I'll, that's cool. 
Yeah, I'm kind of surprised there isn't a trade paperback around Carvin Marvin. Mm. So, Jolly, if you're listening, which I know he's kind of behind, but if you're listening, I think that'd be a cool, cool trade paperback with the pack of doom and Carvin Marvin and all that. All right, well, let's get out of here, man. All right, let's Let's fire this piece of shit up. (laughs) I've been thinking about upgrading the van, actually. One we of have these to pick days. up a couple more advertisers. So yeah, I'm I'm looking at a at a mid teens like Sierra, like not Sierra Savannah, like one of those cargo vans can retool it for podcasting for our roving studio, yeah. our mobile studio. In quotations, mobile or in quotations, studio studio. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be mobile. Probably will not be a studio. It, it'll either be mobile or it'll be parked somewhere and like in my backyard and we'll just have to yeah. meet there. It'll be like our clubhouse. Yeah, right. All right. to Radio Free Muncie. If you have a comment, you can leave it at our anchor site or you can email us at radiofreemuncie at gmail.com. See you next time.